0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Good morning. I'm Joey Klein. Welcome to Tech Talk. And as always, we have three really interesting Atlanta-based companies here to talk to. Um, we are going to go in order of uh, alphabetical order, just to make it fair. Uh, first, we've got uh, Andrew Leba, co-founder of Fanaticus.
2: Hi, Joey. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, we've got Lynn Perry, who's the CEO of Haste, formerly known as Thalinet. Morning, Joey. And Andrew McConnell, who's the CEO of Rented.com. Morning, Joey. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming. Okay. So, Andrew... You and I know each other because we just finished uh, uh 2019 class of Lead Atlanta. Which, we did, we did. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, Lead Atlanta is the premier uh, young professional leadership organization in Atlanta, sort of a uh, younger brother uh, to the more prestigious leadership Atlanta. And I'm curious if you've taken any of what we went through in Lead Atlanta back to your business.
2: Yeah, so Lead Atlanta has been great, right? It's been like a half a year of leadership program where you can meet folks from so many different areas and sectors of the Atlanta uh, ecosystem. And, and some of the greatest takeaways I've, I've really gotten to take is just being able to connect with different communities, being able to connect with folks from different sectors that I've never really had a chance to really – get to know or get in involved, and, and the exchange of ideas has been the best part of it. So I've really gotten the chance to really take that information back and really understand Atlanta more, and it has really broadened um, my company's um, viewpoint on, on really how to expand in Atlanta and how to use the resources here to really set us up for future growth.
1: So let's let's take a step back and talk about your company. So yeah. your company's name is Fanaticus, it is Fanaticus, wh- which yes. sounds sort of like a Greco-Roman emperor.
2: <laughs> we wanted the very strong kind of sounding name because we have like a very um, lofty moonshot kind of vision in the future, and and um, really it stems from fans, right? We are an esports VR XR company. We really deal in technology, and our goal is really to connect fandom fandom in terms of, of the, the biggest fans and the biggest brands into um, the actual story themselves. So really what our company does, uh, if you think about the, the current media mediums out there, like reading books, watching movies, um, um, watching your favorite television shows, it's a very passive thing that you do, right? It, you just sit in the back and, and kind of kind of watch it. But our goal is to really bridge that disconnect we want to bring the fans into their most favorite stories their fa- most favorite lore the things that they really really enjoy and and so we do a lot of that by doing like the right storytelling and we think that using of the medium of virtual reality is is very special and it's not really been tapped into properly and we think that the mode of using VR is the right medium to really bring the fan into their most favorite fandom and their most favorite stories and lures and spaces. So that's kind of where where the name fanatic has come from. It's a focus on fans and fandom.
1: Okay, so that that definitely makes sense. But talk me through the platform itself. So I'm a fan, okay? Right now I'm experiencing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, sports or a story um, in my own living room, Yeah. okay? And so is this... Is this a headset that I'm buying and I use at home? Do I go to a physical location? Is yep. it app-based? So,
2: so right now, it's, it's a physical-based location. And what we do is we, we usually have um, a, a mechanical apparatus. It could be um, like a ride that you jump onto. And um, and that's where you can actually move and, and fly through certain spaces. But the real key is that uh, the headset, which is we use um, some of the um, technologies that's currently out there, like Oculus or Vive, things that it's like a headset you can put on to really uh, get yourself immersed into the VR space. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're really location based. And one of the problems we saw in the VR world is that if you really want to experience virtual reality, and and getting to these kinds of stories. You have to go to one specific location, one specific arcade area. What we really want to do and specialize is, is is in mobile-based virtual reality. So that means being light, nimble, being able to go to certain locations, being able to go to conferences, being able to go to where the fans are. Um, you can think DragonCon, you can think MoCon, huge conventions. We want to bring that experience to people instead of having people to go all the way out to perhaps um, Alpharetta or somewhere very, very far from them. So so mobile-based location is, I think, the key in the future
1: for, for our company. So so it sounds like you're not necessarily envisioning static retail locations. You just want to be able to go to where customers are. Right, right. Because it, a lot of the times
2: when folks go to arcades and things like that, you know, there's there's lots of other opportunities for them to play arcade games and do other things. But um, they still have to, like, get there. And it's a huge ordeal for them. And And for a lot of products, the best way to really make it succeed is to bring the product to them, bring it to where huge folks congregate and where the fandom is already um, kind of existing and already kind of percolating and, and to really bring the, the storytelling to them um, right to their footsteps.
1: Okay, so how, how are you getting the word out about Fanaticus? So um, we're, we're still very early
2: stage. So we've actually been going to um, different conferences here and there and setting up. And um, we have a very active social media presence. And, and a lot of it is like the fandom, the folks, they're, they're very into like the, the fan groups. Uh, you can think of like Facebook, you think about Instagram. Um, those are things that we really promote uh, and try to spread the word about, and um, we have lots of different conferences lined up. So we'll be—you might be seeing us pretty soon at, at these various conferences here in the southeast. So we plan to just hit these, hit the circuit uh, pretty frequently, just to to get the the excitement going, get people to know us. We have a website up, um, com. And so um, it's very social media, internet-based in our tra- strategy to get the word out.
1: So if, I w- if I'm hearing this and I actually want to come and yeah. try out your product, how do I do that? Yeah,
2: so actually, um, we actually have something of a home base right now where we're currently developing the project. We have a partnership with um, – it's, it's actually a very new kind of, um, uh, I guess, company. It's called Access Replay. And it's right on the Beltline, and they specialize in like game tournaments, um, spaces, uh, just playing video games in terms of membership. So we actually have um, a space there where we have the actual product. So if if the, uh, we have an open door policy, if you're very interested in trying it out, um, come on in, and um, we'll get you we'll get you on to the experience.
1: So I'm walking the Beltline, yeah. and I've just had a craft beer for myself and my dog <laughs> and I'm feeling like, uh, you know, getting to virtual reality, I can just walk in and use your product.
2: Yes, absolutely. Best to do it on the weekends. Cause that's usually when, you know, a lot of folks are coming in on the belt line. And, um, as you're, you're walking on the belt line, there's a huge sign that should say access replay. There's windows. You can see lots of gamers and, and it's a, Great ecosystem for us because um, the bread and butter is really it's like this the gaming experience. It is something of a game, but it's more involved. It's more, more storytelling and, and more accessible to, to the everyday person. And so we felt that partnership was perfect because, you know, you have the video game clientele already. You have that base. And it's like a natural kind of, of synergy for us to partner with them and have a space out there so we can continue to develop the product, get feedback from folks who actually do come in. And try it off from the belt line, uh, so it's it's been perfect for
1: us. That is very cool. Yeah. I wanna, I'm gonna have to try it. Yes, out. yes. Come yeah. on the belt line. Bring
2: your dog and your beer. Uh, so, sometimes I recommend having a beer uh, first uh, is is good because it loosens you up a little bit, so you can get on the ride. And uh, yeah, we have folks come in. They they they're curious about it. We let them try it, and it's good for us because it's essentially you know customer. Um, feedback that we we get without having to go to customers they just come right to us and it's really important especially in the vr space there's lots of kinks involved um, in terms of like folks getting nauseated and so we're trying to um, make sure we factor all of those aspects in so folks will have like the best experience and to have that constant stream of of folks from the Beltline has been invaluable.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine there's a lot of customer education involved for those that are sort of the uninitiated.
2: Yes, we do have um, a little bit of like I wouldn't say a training program, but just some instructions early on. And within the game itself, we provide a uh, pre-game instructions that tells folks how to ride ride the device and fly and and, and hit the goals uh, with within um, the actual actual
1: game. Got it. Okay, yeah. so let's let's take a step back. Where does your passion from this come from? What's your background? Yeah,
2: so um, I'm actually an intellectual property attorney um, right here in Atlanta, based in Atlantic Station. But I've always been in the startup space. I've always been um, going out to panels and speaking on it. And I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. So it really came from um, my time at Emory Law. They have this program called the Tiger Program, where it really helps students know what startups are. You essentially create a startup itself, uh, and so I I knew some friends from that program, and we were thinking, you know, let's partner together. There's this idea in this space where we could really jump into, and and um, I've always been interested in in just creating something and developing something from from the ground up. And my specialty is um, the intellectual property side, so I do everything to protect. Um, the brand itself, and also the product itself, and strategize how we can maneuver around with competitors, and and try to make sure our our brand is like well known as well. And as part of part of being that kind of counsel, I do a little bit of everything, as you can imagine. Especially with startups, everyone does pretty much anything and everything uh, in that space. Getting coffee too—that's also part of my. Uh, Job description. <laughs>
1: that's, that's very important. Yeah, it's very well, important. And, and, and that's the fun of of uh, you know being at it in this stage of the game. Right. But you are a little bit. Um, you are a little bit different than uh, you know some of the other companies we have in this room, and that you have, you know, you are uh, an attorney by day. I yeah, am full time so, attorney by day. And so, you know, at, is is the eventual goal to transition full time to fanaticus?
2: Yeah, so that would be that would be something that would would be very nice and interesting. Um, it's tough to tell now; it, it, it's very early on, but I think that is definitely um, one of the goals in the future. And my heart and my passion has always been in the startup space and the startup community. And just being able to create something, and so I really think like leveraging my background as an attorney, identifying issues, issue spotting, making sure we don't fall into pitfalls, and just kind of mapping out the future. I think that's where my specialty lies so i'm I'm really happy to get to implement some of that and also have a lot of fun. I think startups are so much fun, and it's something like it's your baby right you're you're taking care of it, you're trying to make sure it succeeds from the ground up, and it's something that Really aligns with my my goals and passions.
1: Did you were you a gamer as a child, or did you you know meet your other co founders? They had this you know idea, and you said, "I think this is a great business idea. I want to you know oh, go man. on this journey with you."
2: I've been a gamer my entire life. Yeah. If so, if there's any gamers out there, I used to be. I played Counter Strike since like the, the better days, which is like very very early nineteen uh, nineties. And I've always been a gamer, and I've always been in that space. I still game today. And so we really are seeing um, that industry blow up and going into the mainstream. If you think about esports, right? you think about ESPN. ESPN has an Overwatch League, which is a game by Blizzard. And they compete against each other. They win tournaments and prizes. So it's really becoming mainstream. And so we think we're hitting at the right time where we have that base that's growing and and getting even bigger and and really interested in trying new things. So in the future, we we do envision our company getting into that esports space as well in terms of competitions and tournaments. We really do think that is that is the future of gaming but also of entertainment
1: just generally. And so for this is actually a fantastic um uh transition into yeah. our next guest. Um but but before we get to Lynn real quick. So if people want to learn more about you and Fanaticus, they can visit you on the beltline. Yep. I yep. believe – so I think I've passed this. It's in the Stoveworks. Yes, that's yes.
2: exactly right. Okay. Right on – it's right on the Beltline, very close to the Street Market. You can walk across the street. Literally, you get a hamburger, get a get a beer, walk across, come see us, check out the ride. Um, you can also check us out on our website, com. We'll post updates and events, and we have an, uh, a very active Instagram too. Um, it's just fanaticusxr.com. And uh, we post frequently about things that we're doing, developments. So uh, please
1: check us out. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you specifically about Fanaticus, how do they do that? Yes. Um,
2: best way is probably email. You can email me just at my personal email at gmail
1: at gmail.com. Okay. Andrew, yeah. thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joey. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Lynn, let's continue the gaming conversation.
3: Yeah. That was such a great – this is this is awesome. I've actually walked by your space, Andrew. Uh, with my family, oh, and my right. husband was like, how do you not, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, how do you not know what that is? You're supposed to know all the gaming stuff happening in Atlanta. So I've been meeting to figure this out, and here we okay, are together. Yeah. So this is great.
1: Fortuitous connections yes. on the podcast. Yeah. I love it. To talk. Okay, so so Lynn, let's talk about where Haste, and for those who, for, who heard of Thalinette, um the former name of Haste, but... Um, goes by Haste now. Yeah, uh,
3: Haste for about three years. So yes. when we came out of TechStars about three and a half years ago, we were uh, we were Haste at that point. So and
1: and, and and the name certainly makes sense as you are hastening um, connections for gamers. But I'm going to let you kind of talk more about the the product and what it does.
3: Sure. So um, as Andrew, you know, teed up perfectly, uh, gaming uh, is you know mainstream, huge, uh, huge space, and so folks that game from home. Um, are extremely competitive, have great kit, have all the things they need, may even have the best internet connection available from Comcast or whoever, Um, that one of the challenges that gamers experience, particularly when they're playing these super popular uh, multiplayer battle royale style games like Fortnite, PUBG, Apex Legends, um, the, the ones that are really popular right now, experience uh, challenges with their connection. Uh, lag. I mean, anybody who games probably has been very frustrated with lag. Uh, 90% of gamers experience lag and, and can lose to lag. So that's what haste fixes. Uh, the lag in the public internet, which is not not necessarily set up to support real-time interaction like that. Just fine for uh, Netflix or something that queues up. But when it comes to gaming and I'm shooting at you. You're shooting at me. I'm dodging your blow. Um, You know, lag is uh, is lethal. So haste optimizes the web for that kind of connection.
1: Lag is lethal. You you, that that you can't have just made that up. It's on our website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that sounds about right. I like that though. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what what are we're we're heavy into this esports and gaming topic? What are some misconceptions uh, that you think exist out there that you want to clarify?
3: For sure. So. I mean, one of them is the probably the the profile of the typical gamer, Uh, seventy percent or over eighteen years old. Uh, So you know, maybe historically people might have thought gamers are uh, boys, guys, boys, uh, sixteen or younger, whatever, in their parents' basement, gaming all the time. uh, Not really the ones that are in control of the household wallet, that kind of thing. Uh, so seventy percent over eighteen, and there's actually more uh, adult women that are gamers than boys under eighteen. So it's a growing population of uh, of women, for sure. Uh, and yeah, sixty percent of the gamers play every single day. So it's it's absolutely growing in space. And while esports esports is is huge, um, you know, you can, I've, it was crazy to be in Taco Mac, you know, seeing. I think it was a PUBG competition or something like that on the TVs. And uh, it's very real and then you know coming into the home. So for sure the profile of the typical gamer.
1: That I would have never thought that just as many you know women as uh you know teenager middle school boys
3: oh, yeah. were gaming. Yeah, it's it's uh it's for sure. And um and you know, the it huge industry. So uh you know there's a game that came out a six weeks or so ago. Andrew can keep me honest here. Called Apex Legends, that was basically stealth until it came out, announced about 15 minutes before it released, and made close to 100 million dollars in its first month. Um, people probably heard of the same type of phenomenon with Fortnite, and these are free games that uh, you essentially buy skins in within the game and different things. So, it's a it's a huge business and uh, built up around the you know incredible technology and and creativity and art that goes into the development of these super realistic games.
1: Okay, so, so clearly you're tapping into a very relevant, very profitable trend here. Are, is haste a B2C or B2B business, or both?
3: Sure. Uh, yeah, so we are. We are um, we're, we're part of that. We you think of it as sort of the picks and shovels of the, the gold, uh, gold rush. So we're, uh, we're a tool that uh, is necessary and makes it all better. Historically, we've been a B2C business. We have a B2C business. We have a freemium product and a paid product. Uh, or paid version of that where all of your games that you play that are supported by haste are optimized. Uh, but we are, we have been very focused on and pursuing our B2B or B2B to C uh, business now. So we uh, announced a partnership with Ericsson. They have a group called edge gravity uh, that uh, we've partnered with uh, on their, from an infrastructure perspective. And then to bring this to service providers to power a gaming tier of service uh, that internet service providers uh, would sell to or, or offer to their subscribers.
1: Okay, so traditionally, and of course still, someone listening to this who is a gamer who experiencing la- experiences lag can go online, purchase your product, um, and have that problem solved.
3: Absolutely. They can go to our, uh, haste.net uh, and we have, uh, we have a two-week free trial and then those that don't convert at the end of the trial can continue to use haste Uh, Essentially they play 10 games and then their 11th game is optimized or they get a coupon, you know, to use for when they want to, um, an optimized game, which might be a great fit for somebody who's, you know, maybe more of a casual gamer, you know, wants to fix lag, but doesn't necessarily want to pay for something to fix it all the time. They can, you know, hang on to that optimized game for when they really want to kick someone's butt or make, make sure that they have the perfect connection. (laughs) So it's not an issue.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and, Oh, okay, so so clearly you you have developed technology. Um, it applies right now to online gaming, but it sounds like there's this is a technology that could apply um, to any type of application from a speed perspective. Now, clearly, it's important for startups to pick a lane and focus. But is there thought in the future of using the technology for other applications outside of gaming?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have a, a patent uh, granted on on a kind of our core. Um, multipath uh, the technology that goes into our multipath solution, and then uh, a few other patents that are in process, which again Andrew would love to pick yeah. your brain on absolutely um, uh, so uh, so a lot going on there, but yeah, absolutely. we have a uh, a network of uh, points of presence across North America, Europe, uh, others in Latin America and Asia, but right now we 're really focused on uh, north America, northern latin America Europe, Middle East. And so we have server clusters all uh, you know all over there that are make up this haste network. Uh, and then technology that essentially uh, op- looks at the pathways through the internet. All the gamers, all the, the PCs that are on our network, the haste installations are nodes on our network that are giving us this real-time stream of information on latency uh, that support that gamer. So whenever they fire up League of Legends or whatever they're playing, Um, they don't have to do anything. We already know, okay, Andrew's playing League of Legends. Uh, This is the server that he's connected to. Here's the entire map of the internet, and here's the fastest path that we can send him on. Um, So that right now is happening for gamers on their PC. But we can, uh, you know, kind of the real kernel of of what we're optimizing for, and uh, it could be applied to other things like, uh, you know, any trading, uh, voiceover IP, which everybody... You could probably use a little you could probably use a little help yep. um and uh and plenty of other applications so we are thinking about that and working on it, but at the same time we're there's so much opportunity in gaming um it's a natural fit for this kind of technology We're made up of a, a company of of passionate gamers almost- almost everyone i'm probably the, the the weakest gamer I'm the noob of the office as they say um but uh a great group of hardcore gamers who are really able to take this technology and make it better for gamers
1: well and 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 of course it um you know look to build a company you have to build a brand you have to build a passion and so it 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 helps to have that focus now you mentioned something that i think is interesting so you mentioned that you're the noob of the office okay um you are different um with some of the guests that i have on here because you are a non-founder ceo that's right and so i'm very curious about your journey to the c-suite at haste
3: Sure. So I, um, I took over from, uh, one of the, the co-founders that was the CEO and he's actually still with us. He lives up in DC. Um, probably wasn't the long-term CEO just out of pure location and the inability to travel here every week, focus on, uh, family up there and everything. But he, uh, he actually looks after our alliances and some of our future looking stuff, some of our IP. Uh, so it's been great to continue to collaborate with him. And I'd worked for the uh I'd worked for a couple other startups in Atlanta uh that are funded by some of the same funds that Haste has uh, got backing us. So I'd worked for some of the investors before and first time CEO, um, but worn kind of every hat there is to wear, you know, before this and uh and and was asked if I'd like to to participate. And I think I brought some background that um, was useful. Certainly, a lot of channel background that's been useful in this uh, spinning up this Ericsson partnership and our channel strategy. Um, but it it was great to come in and be embraced by this uh, this tight group who's done incredible things. Uh, and uh, as they they help me, I was not a gamer before. I'm doing my best now, um, but it's uh, it's it's. I mostly watch the YouTube videos. I tell people while and try to learn things while they're actually. Playing each other at the end of every sprint when we have a little gaming party.
1: Yeah. So and then I could certainly see how the the channel um, background would be valuable as you kind of shift to a B two B strategy as well as B two C. Um, how I mean, in, in addition to YouTube videos, I mean, how have you sort of gotten yourself entrenched in the gaming universe?
3: Well, I try to read as much as I can. That's a kind of a boring answer, but it's it's the truth. Um, and really, just talking, you know, talking with our team, meeting other people in the space. Um, and, and learning about the, you know, the technology, the networking technology, I come from more of a B2B SaaS type background, uh, rather than pure networking. And we, we do have, uh, you know, our application client and there's lots of other applications, but, um, really diving deep into the networking behind it and, and how game publishers operate and, uh, and, and how they work with the ecosystem. So that, you know, a little bit less in terms of like understanding the characters and some of the plots, but really getting into the weeds on the actual tech behind gaming uh, mm-hmm. has been has been great. Uh, and then I I just try to keep up, and I admire the the cra- like the craft that goes into putting together these these uh, beautiful you know worlds that people experience. You know,
1: it they, it really is a, a work of art, right? I mean, some people who are the uninitiated might not uh, might scoff at that, but really, when you look at the intricacy, the detail. Um, it, it it really is just unbelievable.
3: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So, and it's even more unbelievable when you have this beautiful internet connection that doesn't uh, <laughs> freeze it or slow it down. And um, yeah, it's 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 really it's an awesome space to be in. Um, you know, a, a creative a group. You're always meeting new people in the space and uh, a lot of opportunity. So, yeah, we're uh, we're really enjoying it.
1: Why has Atlanta in particular been a great place to start this company?
3: So we um, the the found there's two co-founders. The other co-founder is uh, is one of our senior developers, still at Haste, and he was a a guy that loved League of Legends, still does, um, great League of Legends guy, and knew a little bit about networking. Was kind of building this in his guest bedroom for a little while. Connected with our other co-founder, and you know got together, went through TechStars, and then came out and. They were living here and uh you know started started haste here and actually in pretty quickly landed in ATDC. So we're an ATDC signature company. And that's been um you know that's been fantastic. I mean the connection I know the the next Andrew that we'll be talking with from ATDC, um, I think we connected through ATDC. So just as a startup that's hustling uh really hard every day, working really hard. Um, to be able to have the, the, the nice environment, the connections to um, people that are experts in different spaces, whether it's legal, whether it's funding uh, and to connect with other CEOs uh, and other CTOs, other, just other people around the office as we're all kind of going through the same thing has been massive. We're on the Georgia tech campus. I'm a, you know, a, a tech tech grad and all of that. And it's just, it just feels it, it, It's just a great nurturing environment um, where it feels like Atlanta and some of the vehicles that are available to us really get behind startups.
1: Well, yeah, and ATDC has just been one of the the greater success stories of Atlanta. It's produced a lot of great companies. We have, of course, another one coming up after you that we're going to talk about. Um, But, you know, from from a real estate perspective, I mean, I very much appreciate the idea that, you know, people – to be their most productive and most creative need to be in an environment where they are around like-minded people and have access to those resources. And, you know, ATDC has built a really fantastic workplace in that uh, in that vein.
3: Yeah, it's great. I've, I've done startups before in some pretty uh, rough office spaces, which is, you know, sometimes just part of it. But I have to say coming into haste, I didn't realize in, in early conversations with the guys, you know, how awesome it would be being part of the ATDC. so it's it's been uh it's been a great place to to come every day and and feel like we've got a good uh a good platform for our growth so it's nice i
1: I always you know this 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 show really makes an effort to focus on homegrown atlanta companies and it is always nice to you know hear that the city is doing things to promote them um okay so if people want to check out haste uh where would they go and if they want to talk to you how would they do that
3: Sure. Uh, haste.net is our website, or you can email me at lynn at haste.net, L-Y-N-N, at haste.net.
1: Okay. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, and now we have our other Andrew, Andrew McConnell, the CEO of Rented.
0: I love being the other Andrew.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a common enough name where I would imagine that you're either the first Andrew or the other Andrew.
0: It's, yeah, there's a, actually another Andrew in travel that was at ATDC at the same time as well. So
1: this is a common,
0: common name.
2: Yeah, very common name. And Joey, we have another Andrew in our lead a class too. So yes, lots we of did. Andrews out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's uh, well, it's it's a good name, right? It is. It's a great I name. Right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew, uh, you used to be at ATDC.
0: Just moved out about a year ago. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's a good thing that you moved out, right? That means that you're doing big things.
0: It is. I mean, it's a, it's a doubly good thing. ATDC, they're incredibly supportive. The rent rate you get when you move in is amazing. And then every year it tears up. So by the time you get to the end, you're at or above market. And one of our board members had some office space to sublet that was below market. So we actually, it was a very good thing. We got a great deal.
1: There you go. Yeah. They, ATDC sort of uh, you know, does that thing where they, they have to you know, push the child out into the wilderness to fend for themselves once yeah. they're ready.
0: Yeah. Kick us out of the nest.
1: Yes. But they wouldn't do it if you, they didn't think that your company was at a point where they were ready, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it, it, the timing was perfect for us. And uh, the, we were there for three years and it, it was incredible. Met a lot of people, got a lot of help. Uh,
1: yeah. So, really so let's talk about Rented. So Rented is capitalizing on the trend that we see with the popularity of sites like Airbnb, like HomeAway. Tell me how Rented fits into that ecosystem.
0: Yeah. Rented.com, if you think about Airbnb or VRBO getting the property to the guest, what Rented.com does is gets that property to the professional management company who ends up putting it on Airbnb or VRBO. So... There are people who do it themselves and they spend eight to ten hours a week dealing with guests, dealing with cleanings, all this, running a part-time job on the side. And as you might have gathered, the kind of person who can own a vacation home, own an extra property, isn't the kind of person that wants to spend eight to ten hours a week with this side job. So the majority of the money made, the majority of the properties that you see on those sites are actually managed by professional companies, the equivalents of Marriott or Hilton or Hyatt of vacation rental or Airbnb space. And an owner trying to find that manager, it's actually pretty difficult um, because you go to an individual market like Hilton Head and there are 50 different companies, meaning Five are the top 10% and five are the bottom 10%. And there's no way going in to tell who is who. And so what we do is we plug in with the manager's management software and see how they book and benchmark that against the market. And then we help owners identify, hey, here's the perfect manager for your property. And we're so confident. We promise you'll never make less than X if you sign up with them. And so we have some financial
1: products on top of how we match the owner with the manager. So I'm going to – okay. So let's, let's say that I'm going to Hilton Head. I want to rent a house for a week, okay? Yes. I, as the end consumer, am not necessarily interacting with your product. I'm interacting with people who use your product.
0: Correct. I mean typically if you are going to Hilton Head, you're going to go to Airbnb. You're going to go to VRBO. You're going mm-hmm. to go to booking.com. The property you find there is typically going to be managed by a company who's local to that market. That management company is going to deal with the cleaning, get you the keys, answer all your questions, show you around. We're the company that got that home into the hands of that manager.
1: Got it. Okay. So on the flip side, I am someone who owns a second home in Hilton Head. Okay. Yes and i have a you know full 9 to 5 job i really don't want to be dealing uh you know with inquiries i certainly don't want to be dealing with driving 5 hours away i would work with rented to help find a manager for that property
0: yeah we would just do it for you you, you come would, through the site and we okay. come through and say hey here's the right your four bedroom in pine forest or in foley beach whatever the part is like this specific kind of property in this specific area this is the right manager they're going to bring you in between forty two and forty five thousand a year. We promise you're never going to do no matter what happens less than thirty five, and then it, you don't have to do shopping. We just pair you with the perfect manager.
1: Okay, so I, I get the sense that this was and probably still is somewhat of a fragmented marketplace, and that is, of course, the opportunity for rented.
0: Yeah, there are uh, about hundred thousand of these companies out there. And the largest in North America has less than a zero point one percent market share of the total rental market. So it's insanely fragmented. Yeah. And then you know you have 10 million vacation homeowners. So that's really fragmented
1: in its own right. How, how are you getting the word out and how are you convincing people who have thought that they could do it better themselves?
0: It doesn't take much convincing, right? Like the, how I started the whole company was I was on vacation with two of my dad's friends and they were talking about VRBO and how great it was that they were renting their place out. And I said, Oh, that, that sounds incredible. How do you know it's not a high school kid running it out? Because when I was in high school, I always had to throw parties at my parents' house when they were out of town. And you know, one out of every two times I get caught and get grounded. You're saying I can go on the internet now and get a stranger's house? That seems way better. And they said, Well, I have to interview each person that tries a book. I have to look them up on LinkedIn, see how old they are. So, well, how do you get it clean? You live in Atlanta and your place is in Dustin. So, well, I have to hire a local company to go do that. It's like, well, what happens if something goes wrong at 2 a.m.? Oh, I pick up the phone and I have to deal with that. I said, well, it, it doesn't sound like you're just making money by putting something on the internet. It sounds like you're doing a lot of work. I said, yeah, you know, I spend eight to 10 hours a week doing it. I said, eight to 10 hours a week? You're a cardiologist. You bill at least insurance companies in the government at $500 an hour. Is this worth a quarter million dollars of your time every year? They're like, well, when you put it like that, no, I make about 25000 on this property. I'm like, Okay. You you don't pay you don't change your own oil you don't repair your own car why would you not work with a professional to do this and I'm like, oh no yeah I, I probably should do that
1: is is that person now a client
0: uh, they actually we didn't get started fast enough. I, I took 10 months to yeah. to get it. They, they sold out of the property. It was too much work. <laughs> That's a good case study though. Yeah. It, it was, uh, there was actually two different family friends. One that lived in Boston with a place in Vermont another Atlanta with a place in Dustin, but both of them sold out of the properties.
1: Yeah. Um, now you also uh, are a lawyer by trade. I am a
0: reformed attorney. Yes. Uh, I have uh, a couple of law degrees that I guess I say, canceled each other out. I did the bar
1: exam, but I never practiced. And so, uh, well, okay, you you got. I I I took the LSAT, and then halfway through, decided that I really did not want to go to three years of law school.
0: Yeah, see, I went the other route. Instead of doing three years, I went and got another law degree in the UK. Did you do the an LLM? I did not. An yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then came back and, and did the bar exam. Yeah, and then decided, nope, I'll go inactive immediately. I'm never going to do this. So,
1: did you go straight to rented?
0: No, no, no. I, I went to McKinsey. Yeah. So they, they recruited on campus and went to McKinsey for four years, um, worked for all sorts of companies, worked in Europe, worked in Afghanistan, worked for public school systems, and then left with a partner that I worked with there to go to a company called Axiom, uh, where I worked on a, a new product group and was there about 18 months when I had this idea and left to start
1: so at, at McKinsey, one of the benefits of being a consultant is that you just see the ins and outs of every different type of business that you could ever imagine. And so, how has that experience guided not only how you build Rented, but also how you interact, um, you know, with your customers?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's hard to know the directional nature of it but when i was about a year into McKinsey, you do this training ilw uh, initial leadership workshop and one of the guys said hey do you see yourself staying long term at McKinsey?" i said absolutely not you know this is i'll come for a little bit but i'm gonna leave he said that really surprises me i thought you'd be here your whole life that's this that and the other I said, why do you think that he said as soon as you hear the word problem your face lights up and you're at the whiteboard and you're just sketching stuff out And so I don't know if it was McKinsey taught me to be a better problem solver or because I really love problem solving. I went to McKinsey, but that has been absolutely instrumental with a startup because everything's a problem. The kinds of problems change of, okay, how do we deal with this product? How do we deal with getting in front of this new customer? Okay, well, now we're 30 people instead of three. How do I deal with organizational design issues and and actual human interactions, Uh, remote teams, different personality types? And so it's a constant problem-solving endeavor, which I find really, really fun.
1: That is a very relevant link, Um, and you know, like we all we all have our uh, you know individual journeys, and you know, sometimes we have to go to law school to then find what we actually want to do. Um, But it sounds like you know sometimes things are just a happy accident, right? The fact that you went on this you know vacation and the the idea was sparked.
0: Yeah, that was a very serendipitous trip for me. Yeah.
1: So I read um about something you've started called rented capital. Yes. And I'm curious to know what problem that is solving.
0: So that's that is the financial product on top of the marketplace. So what that does is say not only are we telling you we believe and are almost certain this manager is going to make you between 42 and 45,000. But we actually have a fund behind it that we can guarantee over nine figures worth of guarantees that will tell you under no circumstance will you make less than thirty-five. So if something horrific happens and you only made thirty-three, we'll send you a two thousand dollars check at the end of the year to make sure that you never make less than that thirty-five.
1: So it's almost it's almost like you have sort of your uh, unique form of FDIC insurance. Well, it's not insurance. I mean I, I mean, I, I understand it's not it's it's not it's not exactly you know a deposit, but you're basically you are standing behind your promise. yeah, we' we're, we're
0: we're giving the owner just security, security that your home's going to be taken care of, security that you know how much you're going to make over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And so the you know back to uh, what lag is lethal, kind of our tagline is relax, it's rented. Our whole pitch is: you don't have to worry about it anymore, owner. We've got it
1: covered. Well, so sp- speaking of insurance, are there any uh, were there any unforeseen liability issues that you have run into since starting on this journey?
0: I mean, there there are, but there are a lot of insurance products in the space. So we partner with Assurant, who's here in town, and they'll do a, a product for every night. There's a, another ATDC company called Safely that has mm-hmm. a nightly insurance product. So there are a lot of insurance players here to protect all those different sides.
1: Yeah. Um, So and as you've gone on, you are a founder and CEO, and as you've gone on the journey from, you know, it's just you and maybe a couple other people in the room to you actually have a staff that you're responsible for, how has that journey, how has that informed your leadership style?
0: You might need to ask them. Uh, I'd say... when you're first starting, there's this whole question on product and the problem with product and the problem problem with product market fit and, and how you do that. And then eventually once you have enough people, all problems are people problems uh, because you aren't going to be the one that's closest to that customer, the closest to that product. And so it's how do you empower people? How do you, create a culture of the autonomy with the right why the right direction, the right context that everybody can be a leader. And even if they don't make the exact same decision or take the exact same action you would take, they in the grand scheme do the same thing or for the same reasons, what the company needs to be done. And that's, you know, we're only thirty now. Their companies with thirty thousand. So it's like I, I don't know. Once you get past that, uh, but it's that's been a, a big learning for me.
1: I mean, I get it. You you sort of take it day by day, especially when it's something that is new to you, right? Each each new person, you know, would jump from thirty to forty to a hundred. It's a new experience, and yeah. so you you kind of figured out the best that you can based upon your past experiences, right?
0: And it's a constant constant learning.
1: So, what is the next? twelve to eighteen months look like for rented.com? It's
0: a good question. I, the last uh two years we've grown revenues five X each year and then this year we've contracted about four and a half X already over what we did last year. So it's just trying to I'm trying to personally grow as fast as the company does so I can deliver value to it. Uh and we we have a new CFO coming starting April eighth that I'm very, very excited about um, take some of that off my plate, but just continue to, to listen to our customers, to innovate the product. We had two new products that we launched already this year that are both the fastest growing products we've ever launched, um, like by 10 X. So we're really excited to see what the year brings.
1: That's fantastic. Okay, so let's say I'm listening to this. I have one or multiple vacation homes, and I want to learn more about Rented and Andrew McConnell. What do I do?
0: Go to Rented.com. Rented.com. And we, we actually just, it was in this week in Forbes and this week in USA Today, we put out an annual report on the best places to buy and invest in vacation rentals for return on investment. And so that's a free report you can go and, and download there. So not only if you own a home, but if you're looking to invest in the space because you've heard about Airbnb and VRBO and all the money to be made, that's a free report you can
1: download. Technology solutions and thought leadership. I love it.
0: That's what we
1: try to do. Guys, thanks a lot for coming on Tech Talk. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you, Joey.
3: Thank you.